Hi, I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer. Happy New Year. It is 2024, and we have finally arrived at the moment that all of you have been working so hard to train your brokers to be able to make a smooth entry into the new year, and we are here. This is an episode in our debrief series. This episode is intended for designated brokers and those others in your office who train and manage brokers uh, within the office to engage in best practices. I know that you have all been working very hard to get your brokers ready for today, January 1st, 2024. In this episode, I want to talk about an issue that was raising some questions about how brokers should handle a particular issue. And then I also want to ask for some assistance from you in cultivating some ideas that I need help working through. Okay, uh, here's the question I want to answer that I've been getting from your brokers. Recognizing that a brokerage services agreement must identify by name the broker who will be the agent for the consumer. Listing, listing agreement must name as a term of agreement between seller and firm the name of the broker who will be representing the seller. Buyer agency agreement must name as a term of the agreement between the buyer and the, and the buyer agency, the, I'm sorry, the buyer broker's firm, the name of the agent who will be serving as buyer broker. Recognizing that that's now a requirement of law, that the agreement between the firm and the consumer identify the name of the broker, what do you do in the situation where the agent for the consumer needs somebody else to step in for them? Agency agreement is already uh, in place. Brokerage services are being provided. And then the consumer's agent goes on vacation. Uh, is out of commission for medical reasons for a while or any other scenario that might come up where one broker needs somebody else to step in for them. And maybe it's not even as dramatic as being gone for weeks at a time. Maybe they're just going to be tied up for the day on a day when they really want somebody else to be, when they, when their buyer really wants to be looking at properties. And so buyer needs a, a, a substitute, if you will, buyer agent to show them homes today. How do you create a scenario where somebody or another broker in your office can stand in as the agent for the consumer, recognizing that every broker who provides brokerage services now must have a brokerage services agreement with their client and that the agency agreement you have between your firm and a consumer already names another broker as that consumer's agent, what do you do in that scenario? You amend your agency agreement. It's no more complicated than that. If, if we're talking about the listing broker who needs somebody else to substitute in for them, listing broker is going to be gone on vacation for a while. They need another broker in the firm to stand in as a listing broker while they're gone. Use form 18 and identify a new broker as an agent of the seller. If we're talking about the buyer broker who's going to be out of commission for a while and they need somebody else to stand in as the buyer's agent, you're going to use form 41A, the amendment form to the buyer agency agreement. 
the limitation on both of these amendment forms is that they simply provide a space to name a new agent to represent the consumer. And so the question that brokers often ask me is, yeah, but I don't want this other person to take over my listing. I don't want them to take over my buyer. I just want them to stand in for me on a short-term basis. The amendment form doesn't allow for that. But both amendment forms, Form 18 and Form 41A, both have an other provision that you can use to write in your own limiting terms. So if the buyer's agent, if the substitute for the buyer agent is just going to cover for the buyer for a week, write that in. If they're going to just cover for the buyer broker when the buyer broker is otherwise unavailable, write that in. You're going to have to make the terms understandable so that they create a a good enforceable contract, but uh, make the terms that you write into the other provision conform to the goal that your broker and their consumer are trying to achieve. All we need is a substitute broker to be able to stand in for the consumer's agent for some period of time. Just make the agreement clear that that's what's going to be happening. Okay. It seems like a long answer for a simple question, uh, but that is something that brokers are struggling with right now. That question, though, leads in to a, a bigger question that, frankly, I'm having trouble answering. And the bigger question is, when we look at a team scenario, and I know that's a loaded question because there's no two team scenarios that are identical. Every team scenario has its own nuances. Uh, But the question I get is typically a broad question. Looking at a team structure, how do we create agency agreements, listing agreements or buyer agency agreements, to allow flexibility within the team for the team leader to generate business and then make it available for other team members to be able to work with that consumer as well. Or maybe one of the team members generates the business and we want to include the team leader on it. How do we draft agency agreements to accommodate those kind of flexible agency assignments? And then on top of that, how do we properly draft agency disclosures into the purchase and sale agreements recognizing that there could have been team member agents identified on an agency agreement that didn't have as heavy a role or maybe any role with the consumer. And now where it's time to write the purchase and sale agreement, how do we reflect that? Is that even possible? Um, how, how How do we draft agency agreements and purchase agreement disclosures to accommodate these team scenarios? And, and honestly, the answer to those questions is not something that I've immediately got my brain wrapped around. I've spoken with other industry lawyers. We're all kind of debating what the answer to this question looks like. And of course, the answer is going to depend on the specific team scenario. And the answer to the question depends in large part on how is the Department of Licensing going to be auditing around these issues? What is the Department of Licensing going to be looking for in your folders, your transaction folders, regarding these agency agreements and these disclosure requirements. And so for that reason, some of the industry lawyers are meeting with Department of Licensing staff later this month to try and answer some of those questions so that we can bring that information to you. The help I need from you is I need you to send me an email 
not a hotline question. I need you to go ahead and send me an email, legalhotline at warealtor.org, and explain to me the team scenario where you need these questions addressed. What does the team scenario look like in your office where answers like to questions around these issues would be helpful to you? And I'm going to try and consolidate as many of those team structures as possible into the conversation that we have with the Department of Licensing so that in a future debrief episode, I can bring that information back to you. That's the goal. Thanks to all of you for the hard work that you've done. Again, I hope that you have a relaxing and enjoyable day today on New Year's Day and a successful launch into our revised agency law within your firm. If there's any help, any support that we can provide you along the way at Washington Realtors, please reach out. Send questions to me, of course, at warealtor.org at the legal hotline link. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member. 